and I'm really glad that we didn't have what we have now because when they grew up, we didn't have anything. And we lived, we lived so much day to day that there was times I don't know how my wife put up with it all because it was tough. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, but we had on our refrigerator door for years and years, a quote from Hudson Taylor, God's work done God's way never lacks God's supply. Hmm. And we live by that. And you know, our children learn that. And they learn most of all to be very, very thankful that whatever we have is enough. Mm-hmm. Gratitude. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's. And it. they they really do. I, I'm not trying to put our children on pedestals or anything, but. But they should be. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> <laughs> but they really learn that. <laughs> and here we were. My complaint was God. When I was playing for the devil, I had all kind of money. What's going on now? (laughs) But he knew. The deeper impression was our children seeing the Lord provide. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, The glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you, you can do the same. Let's get rolling. Faith is a gift. Yeah. Faith is is a gift. It, it's not that we work up faith. It's a, it says we live by the faith of the Son of God. Yeah. Not my faith. It's the faith is a gift. And it's available to anyone who's willing to do, and I didn't realize what an incredulous thing it was, willing to say no to everything that I ever dreamed and hoped for in the music world Mm. and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I have no clue where we're going or what we're going to do, but I want to be a follower of Christ. And that is, that is the biggest thing of all. So it started with surrender. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear. You surrendered. Feels like you surrendered. (laughs) (laughs) He's thinking about it. Well, I don't have a real good, I don't have a real good um, definition of, I don't like surrender. (laughs) What do you like? What what would you rather say? I I like abiding. Okay. I like yielding. I had this man that really impacted my life. He said, armies surrender, but lovers yield Oh, they see there. And to be yielded to to Jesus meant he wooed me. He wooed me. And to such, he he so captured my heart with love that I wanted to do that. You know, Philippians 2, Paul says, um, for him who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Yeah. It wasn't that I did this heroic surrendering thing. It was God bringing me to the place where I wanted to do that. And I was, Isaiah 55, why do you work for that which will never satisfy? Why do you labor for things which aren't bread? But here in your social life, that was the scripture verse that nailed me. 
that brought that conviction to my heart to where I I could not have done anything else. That's the work of God. And why some people get it and some people don't is a mystery to me. I I mean, here's here's a great question for you. Can you be saved and go to heaven but not have to be a disciple? I have been wrestling. Don't even try. Don't even try to figure that one out. No, I'm gonna let but it be. Get back, a rhetorical get question. Back, get back. Get back with me ten years from now. Okay, I will. Because I, will. I, I don't. I'm not sure. But Oswald Chambers, my my friend, that's been in our home for 47 years, though he's been dead for 120. <laughs> but my utmost my most highest friend. has been mm-hmm. our friend in our home. He has been our friend every our day. Friend. Uh, everyone in our family. Yeah, everybody our in the family reads. They all read Oswald Chambers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. But anyway, Oswald Chambers said, salvation, we didn't do anything for it. It was a free gift of God. If you could do anything for it, you could earn it. You had to receive it, so it's the gift of God. Yeah. Watch when they put it. Christianity does not begin with do, but done. It's finished. Yeah. But, says Chambers... And says me, because it's mine now. I'm living by this. <laughs> mm-hmm. He says, but discipleship is always prefaced with an if. If you would come after me, this is the prize. You must say no to yourself. Take up a cross and follow me. And why I saw it as there's nothing else I want to do but that. That's available to everyone, but not everyone wants that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the thing that struck me with what I didn't you were saying, mean to be confusing. To you. <laughs> no, you're, you're you're making perfect sense. Is uh, the thing that this strikes me so strong is, uh, you know, God wants to express His love to us deeply, 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 and 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 some people just don't want to go there necessarily with the Lord. Uh, you just hit the most difficult thing to do in all of life. You didn't know you did it, but you did it. <laughs> the most difficult thing to do in all of life is to let God love you. Yeah. Why is it so difficult? Because we've never known a love like that. We always work for it. We entertain for it. I entertained. I was a performer so people would like me. That's yeah. what I did. That's yeah. what an entertainer is. I want you to like me so bad. I'm so in, I'm so scared of you that I'm going to entertain you to make you love me. Yeah. But God's love is not. You know, you cannot work for the love of God, and you to let God love you is the most difficult thing I think there is to do. The only other thing that comes close to it is be still and know that I'm God, <laughs> because I, the still part. Just you just. <laughs> You know, getting still and being in God with God is the most difficult battle. I think the thing that I, if I could, if there's anything I could pass on to any of my kids, it would be that I would want them to know the love of God that I've come to know. You know, that just the and and my prayer for them has always been that they would hold Jesus's hand, like I've held Jesus's hand. Because I know that if, if I can make that transfer, they're going to be in good hands. Mm-hmm. They will be good. God will lead them, direct them, show them, just like he's led me, led us, showed us. I know he would. 
I wish there was a formula to make that happen. There is no formula. <laughs> That's the truth. We feel, no, we feel blessed that our children love Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, and our grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, it really is incredible. And I, I, th I think the gift that we have received, one of the greatest gifts as being a parent, is when you become a grandparent and your grandchildren actually want to be with you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And not, I mean, I love my grandparents and love being with them, but our grandchildren is on a whole different level. They enjoy being with us. And, um, I mean, the first thing they do is bring their new girlfriend to us to meet, mm -hmm. have dinner with us, and we've got a grandson getting married in two weeks, and uh, Ken's doing the marriage, and we're doing wedding counseling with them. And um, they came in for their first marriage counseling, I said, Weston, that's our grandson, mm -hmm. from this moment on, I am not your grandmother. And he looked at me really weird and said, you're not my grandmother, who are you? I said, we're your marriage counselors now. And we're going to talk about things the grandparents don't talk about. And we did. <laughs> and they, they loved it. They loved it. And, uh, and getting to know Madison, I mean, she's just like, she's ours now. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to have a real relationship. And that's the thing that I love about our children. Our children are our friends, mm -hmm. our very best friends. I would rather go out and go to a movie and go out to eat with Dusty and Jody and Sarah than anybody I know. And we can laugh and have more fun together. Mm -hmm. They truly are my best friends. They went from being my child to my best friend. Yeah. And, um, and that they want to share their dreams with you. When Dusty opened up or purchased the building, the first thing she had was Ken and I'd come and look at it. Mm -hmm. Of course, we looked at it and go, oh my gosh, <laughs> why this would anybody is, want this building? And this is the restaurant, right? Yes, the, but our daughter, she sees beyond the water on the floor and the walls caving in and the roof coming down, you know, she she's like her dad. You know, she grew up watching him see things that maybe didn't look very pretty in the beginning, but they, they had such potential. Mm -hmm which he has done in so much in people's lives. Yeah. Seeing a wreck of a life, but mm -hmm. being able to see the potential of that life. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's the greatest gift we could have ever received is having our grandchildren love us in that they want to be our friend. Mm -hmm. Several days ago, yeah. Linda that's has this magazine by that, that uh, couple, the, uh, the Gaines. Joanne Gaines. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Magnolia. Yeah. And there was just one little quote that has just rocked me. Gratitude means what I have is enough. So whatever I have is enough. And everything we've done in ministry, we started with the smallest, with almost nothing. Mother Teresa started a school in Calcutta by picking up a stick, sharpening the end of it, and went out in the clay street and started drawing, scribbling, scratching letters of the alphabet in the street with not one student. And mm -hmm. kids came by and said, what are you doing, old lady? She said, don't you see I'm teaching school? And before a month was over, on a shady bank with a clay street, Mother Teresa had 300 students. Later on, a man came by 
saw all these kids, said, woman, you can't do this without a building, gave her a building, and it's an institution today. She said, if you wait till you get what you think you need to do ministry, you'll never do ministry. You use whatever you have in hand, and that's what we have always done, and the, the, the place the place from the heart, all we have is a piece of land. We didn't even have a road coming into it, and I was just... What do we do, Lord? We spent $76,800, which came in right on the last day. We had just enough, and we had $200 left over. And I said, well, what do we do now? We got 52 acres of land, no road coming into it, a tree, a field, that, a cornfield that's got pine trees growing up in it, and I don't even have a tractor or a chainsaw. And the Lord said, well, what did you do when you were a kid? I said, we went camping. We had 46 men on the top of the hill right out there on Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And we had a camping trip. And um, we had enough money to buy two Coleman lanterns and a great big frying pan from Mass Store to cook sausage on. Make, mm -hmm. And that's where we began. And I think our children, and I'm really glad that we didn't have what we have now. Because when they grew up, we didn't have anything. And we live, we live so much day to day that there was times I don't know how my wife put up with it all because it was tough. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, but we had on our refrigerator door for years and years, a quote from Hudson Taylor, God's work done God's way never lacks God's supply. Hmm. And we live by that. And you know, our children learn that. And they learn most of all to be very very thankful and whatever we have is enough gratitude yeah mm -hmm. that's that's and it. they they really do I, i'm not trying to put our children on pedestals or anything but but they should be <laughs> they should be <laughs> <laughs> but they really learned that <laughs> and here we were my complaint was god when I was playing for the devil, I had all kind of money. What's going on now? <laughs> but he knew. The deeper impression was our children seeing the Lord provide. Yeah, I mean, even even that, like as a, as a dad, you know, I just, you know, oh, sure, I'll just, you know, take care of it. And if you're in a situation where the Lord's like, you ain't taking care of it, I'll be taking care of this one. Mm -hmm. oh, hey, that's a tough you know, He knows <laughs> You're just like, Lord... I remember one Christmas, and Dusty and J.D., they wanted some white boots, those shiny white boots. I guess it must have been very popular then, and they were probably second, third grade or something. And on Christmas, around, I don't know if it was Christmas morning or whenever, it was around Christmas time, we, I went to the door, and there was two packages sitting at the door. And took them in. They were marked for Dusty and Jody. And when they opened them up, it was their white boots. Oh, wow. And, you know, they've never forgotten that. Because they, I have no idea where the boots came from. I don't remember even telling anybody that they wanted white boots. And to be the right size. And the right size, and they're sitting at our door. And, you know, but if we had had the money to have gone out and bought them everything, they would never have had that time of really knowing God loved them. We got yeah. them white boots. They were the ugliest boots. 
<laughs> Maybe that's why they can't because they weren't pretty. Yeah. Uh, but I think, like, especially for Dusty and Jody growing up, because things were really, for when they were growing up, it was when we were first in the ministry. So things were a lot. And they're the oldest, too. And they're the oldest, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember they really wanted to go to Carowinds. And we did not have the money to go to Carowinds. So I said, well, okay, let's be creative about this. So we started collecting drink bottles. You know, like Coke bottles, you can turn them in and get, what, a nickel for them? Yeah, yeah, turn so. Them in. so that became our project. And we had, a, like, a Bible study type thing on Tuesday nights. So the girls would get to work and take beans and glue them on a piece of paper and make them like dogs and stuff and have lemonade. <laughs> And so when the people would come to the Bible study, they would sell them the lemonade, you know, and the pictures. And we ended up, they ended up making enough money that we went to Carowinds and were able to stop and get supper on the way home. And they've never forgotten that, you know. And it would have been very easy if we'd had the money just to pay for it. But, you know, the Lord saw things to teach them how to be creative. Yeah. You know, and that's what Dusty does now. I mean, she, um, with the table, that creativity of taking something that's nothing and making it into something beautiful. Yeah, you know? that's, that's a And I feel like those stories. are lessons that you learn sometimes when you think you've got to give them everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's better not to get everything. Mm-hmm. Would you like a story about raising children? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Would you like this? <laughs> but this is not my story. This is Jonathan and Melissa's story. Okay. And when we said we wanted our children to go past us. Oh, wow, they've gone way past they, us. All <laughs> of our, interview with them really <laughs> you, All of our children have done a better job raising their children than we did raising them. Mm-hmm. We asked God to go bless them, Lord, let them go past us. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan and Melissa do... I don't know how they fell into doing this, but this just evolved in their following Jesus and how do you parent a child. First of all, you have to make parameters. You have to make some walls to say, if you go on the other side of this boundary, it's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a child has to know this is not good. This is not. <clears throat> but then secondly... And I just now discovered this when we were in Norway last week. When I was sharing this with somebody, I said, you know, I don't think God has ever punished me. He's disciplined me. If he punished me for the way I lived, he'd just go and kill me. (laughs) But he's disciplined me. And discipline is about being, finding the good in it to where you don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) John... It's the problem with old people, they wander all over the place <laughs> and they go chasing rabbits. But, but, but John Piper, I just text somebody this message. When John Piper says, sin is what we do when we're not satisfied in God. Yes. So to make the parameters, the walls, the boundaries, and if you go past it, it's going to hurt. Yeah. But the discipline is going to teach you to be satisfied in God. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is when you go past these things, you're going to have to go into your room or someplace quiet and listen to God and learn what is he saying so you will never do this again. And it becomes a, let's go see what God wants to say instead of punishment, the way I got. So the way it works out, and this is a story that will live with me forever, 
Haven, their daughter, Haven, Jerusalem. Anybody that names their kids, Cadence Zion and Haven, Jerusalem, you know they're, they're, they're fanatics. You know, they're just, so anyway, Haven, Jerusalem was given a chest of drawers set. It was kind of cheap because it was an Ikea lower line, but it was pretty and was white and it was flowery and she liked it, but she put her foot on the bottom drawer to get to the top drawer. So they got her a stool, a little ladder stool, because if you keep putting your foot on that haven, that thing's going to break. And one day, sure enough, it exploded. Parts, and they could hear it downstairs. Uh-oh, she's done it now. It fell apart. Did you put your foot on the bottom? Yes. Why didn't you use the step? I don't know. Well, go back upstairs, and we'll buy you a new one. And we'll get you a better, better one. We're not punishing you for this, but you need to learn why did you keep doing what we asked you not to do? She goes upstairs and she comes back 10, 15 minutes later. She said, I heard God. Well, what did he say to you, Haven? God said, every time I get in a hurry, I break things. That's <laughs> a nine-year-old. This was several years ago. Every time I get in a hurry, I break things. Yeah. And I wish, <coughs> excuse me, I wish I had learned. I wish we had the tools when we were raising our children. Because we disciplined them. But I wasn't sure it was always the best discipline. Mm -hmm. The best discipline is you go to God and find out what God wants to say about it. So you never want to do it again. Mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that's really good. Mm -hmm. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful story because so it's a. I remember there was a there was a time when the Lord was trying to teach me to slow down because that's all about slowing down, mm -hmm. you know. And He was t trying to teach me, and He said, uh, "said it's it takes a lot more." He He spoke to me, and He said, "It takes a lot more faith to be slow uh, or to walk with me specifically to walk with me versus." to run with me because sometimes your running is out of anxiety and fear and things like that and and so you need to learn to to walk with me it takes more faith and and i like to run it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny you said that because we were just in norway and and where we are at the schools in oslo which is the capital of norway and the school is walking distance to everything. So I'm in beautiful parks. I mean, you just can't imagine how gorgeous these mm -hmm. parks are. And so Ken and I would go for a lot of walks. But when I was little, I had polio. Hmm. And in my left leg, I have no problem with that leg. But the right leg, which is compensated for the left leg, it started, I'd be having some problems with my hips sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, but sometimes. And I discovered if we would just stroll, I could walk for hours. But if we walk the way Ken walks, and I'm running to catch up with him, <laughs> before the walk's ended, I'm ready to go back to the, to the base, you know, yeah. because his, my hip's starting to hurt. Mm. So I took him and said, if you'll just stroll with me, we can do this for a long time. And then we just started talking about if we'd learned to stroll in life, yeah. mm -hmm. we wouldn't miss things. 
because mm -hmm. we had the time to see it, you know, in all kinds. And so we that's become our little thing with each other now. Let's, let's just stroll. Every time I start to pick up the pace, hey, baby, we're strolling. <laughs> <laughs> we are not running. We are strolling. That's right. But but we do miss out so much with our children mm -hmm. because we're in such a hurry. And yeah. I look back and how I was in such a hurry when I had them. But if I had taken my time, just strolled with them, mm -hmm. you know, I would, a lot of things would have been different. And that's the one thing I've really seen in John and Melissa. They have done that with their children. They have taught them about savoring life. Yeah. They went on a trip to Maine and went to a candy store, and it's one of those really nice candy stores. And they let the kids pick out two or three chocolates a piece, and they sat down at the table to eat them with the first one. I mean, uh, Cadence just almost inhaled it. I mean, it was mm -hmm. gone. And she said, wait, 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 that is not the way you eat chocolate that comes from a fine chocolate store. First of all, you look at the chocolate, you see how beautifully it was designed. You think about the person that handmade that chocolate, what went into it, mm -hmm. and then when you eat it, eat very small bites and you let it just dissolve in your mouth and feel the flavor. You just need to savor these moments. Hmm. And what a, what a lesson for life. Oh, you know, just slow nice. down and stroll, mm -hmm. savor life and savor your kids. Because before you know it, they're gone. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. This has mm -hmm. been really rich. Don't you want to say something? <laughs> yeah. Come on, girl. Um, did you enjoy it? I did actually. Yes. Did you enjoy Linda? Yes. The girl that doesn't. The girl that Linda. doesn't. The he girl that doesn't. Me all the, time. the girl that doesn't like Linda. to talk really comes from the heart, and yeah. I really love that about uh, you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for making time. This has been very special. Mm -hmm. Good. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you were encouraged. If you would like more information about The Kindling Fire, just go to thekindlingfire.com. You know, the podcast is only one-fourth of all the cool stuff we've got going on. Uh, we have a seven-day devotional called Become a Sign and a Wonder. It's a video devotional that I send directly to your phone through Facebook Messenger. Uh, you can find out information about that at thekindlingfire.com slash wonder. Uh, also, guests that come on the show are blogging every single week that I get to deliver directly to your inbox or through Facebook Messenger. Go to the website. You can find more information there and the blog. And the last thing we have is for entrepreneurs or anybody else that is starting something. Uh, it's called the 30-Day Firestarter Challenge. Uh, there you can, you'll get 30-second videos for 30 days of inspirational quotes and scriptures that will really help get your fire started as you are trying to create and start something um, in your life. Thank you so much and be awesome. Hey, if you like the podcast and you want to show us some love, we're on Instagram at The Kindling Fire. Uh, go follow us there, and I put some cool stuff in the Insta stories, and uh, it would be cool to interact with you there. So just a reminder, follow us on Instagram, and be awesome.